literally using all of their might to bring down what they had and bring it together under one roof. Mm-hmm. So that means Welcome to the Average Jays Podcast, where two best friends help you remember what happened this week. We are your hosts, Jay and Jay. I'm Jay, Justin Ruiz. And I'm Jay, Jeremy Francois. Hey guys, we're back. Yeah, it's weird. I'm starting it, right? Um, but you know, it's March 1st. Happy Women's History Month. We just finished uh, Black History Month, but remember, Black History Month is not just one month. It's every month. <laughs> it's every month, how... every day, every all the day. time. It's it's history, not just yes. Black History. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to just drop some nuggets uh, for 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 this month, starting starting for the month. Um, as we all know, Kamala Harris is the first woman and woman of color to be the vice president, which is still a great thing, even though, like, po- politics aside, people may yeah, have Yeah, political view. views aside, it's still yeah. awesome to see a woman finally in that office. Yeah. Um, for the longest time, I, I was like, oh, we're going to get a woman president. And we this is close enough, and we can always do better. Um, one mm-hmm. day we won't have firsts, um, and that's the point. That's, you know, they're paving the way for for young women and women of color as well. Well, not women, women in general. Um, But one cool thing. So when I was younger, when I found out when, you know, women, women's history was coming into my uh, educational psyche. um, Sally Ride is the one that pops into my brain the most. Um, Mm -hmm. I learned she was the first astronaut and first woman astronaut in space. And I thought it was really cool. I don't want to say like it's a bonus, but it, we find out that after her death that she's gay. And I thought that was like, wow, like I, I, I don't I w- haven't done my research, but could she have been like I, it shouldn't be a big deal. But being the first gay person in space. But then it's like, why does that matter? But it's good for representation, right? Like, yeah, it is like, good for representation. the same way yeah. that we recognize her as the first woman in space. Like, yeah. you know, it, it would also be great to to recognize her if this is true that she's also the first um, LGBTQ person in space as well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because like you said, it's uh, it's paving it's paving the way for others. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I just want to drop that those nuggets uh, for for the first day, and you know, we'll we'll bring some more if we have some you know nice fun facts and real facts for for the rest of the month I'll keep it going yeah i think that would be cool if we could just keep doing fun like women's history facts um so yeah moving into our first topic of the day this is you know a it's very a- heavy one right yeah. so it's something that everyone knows about but we couldn't obviously go on and have an episode without speaking about it, especially with the last week. It's been, you know, gaining a lot of traction. So Mm -hmm. what we're talking about really quickly is the Russian special military operation around the Ukraine. I say the special military operation because that is what uh, Vladimir Putin said. Very clearly, we now know, even when he first announced it, we understood that it wasn't just a random military training operation. This is a unprompted invasion of the yeah. country, you know, of that country, the Ukraine. So the biggest issue here being that, you know, unfortunately, this is drawing a lot of comparisons to World War II and the tactics of Adolf Hitler, right? Yeah. Just invading a country out of nowhere for no real reason. 
and claiming it as your own. You know, I've been following this very closely from the first steps and the initial, I guess, thought that was conveyed was that Putin randomly was just like, you know what? This country's up for grabs and I'm taking it. And that's really yeah. in terms what happened. He stopped recognizing this sovereign state as its own entity and took it upon himself to gain control. Yeah. And even with the people of Russia, he, you know, he didn't give his uh, his armed forces the whole story. Uh, originally, it was seen as like a, a special operation, then it turned into an actual full scale invasion. And, you know, he's unnecessarily like or just without any type of grounds, he's calling the Ukraine Nazis. He's saying that this is a mission to help them and to help them gain freedom. But in all reality, that's what they had. They had freedom. Yeah. You know, they have a president. They have a governing body. They have social systems in place. And they've been doing fine. You know, yeah. there's no and reason for this at all. No, agreed. Um, for a while, I just haven't been. Like from what, because I'm pretty good when it comes to history, but it's just mm -hmm. for a while I just forgot or wasn't too in in tune with like Russia's history before Russia was mm -hmm. Russia was the Soviet Union, mm -hmm. and they were they were a lot bigger than that, and Ukraine yeah. was a part of it at some point, but now Ukraine is its own entity. They they thrive without them, and there's these yep. allegations of yes, there or not yes, but that they're Nazis or whatnot. But it's like mm -hmm. no, like. This is just like you said. These are just tactics, saying that the they're the evil ones. Let's just go, and which is weird to me. Just looking it's propaganda at, at the end yeah, of the propaganda. day. That's what it is. Yeah, and just looking at the map alone, it's like you look like a bully. And I'm sure he does. Uh, Putin mm. doesn't care. No, um, of course not. It makes me wonder, which I've heard in the news, and something about like who are his closest advisors? Is he just making these? Uh, decisions by yeah. himself and stuff like that it is really sad but um what i'm really I, I like that you know the world is rallying behind this which they the same energy should apply for any country that's that that's threatened by another country but um mm -hmm. you know like I, what, what was the last thing like just recently apple stop or they're not like selling their devices uh in russia or whatever just so they don't. Yeah, so yeah, I'll touch on that in a second yeah. with the okay. sanctions that are happening. Yeah, um, so a lot of oh Switzerland with uh, mm -hmm. withholding uh, money from Russian uh, citizens or rich Russian citizens, which is crazy because Switzerland is known for being neutral in a lot of yeah. things. So this is a big, big uh, thing. Um, but yeah, I just love that the Ukraine is just holding their own as best that they can, um, and they're. Like even though they ask for peace, they will defend themselves. Not to get super nerdy, but it kind of reminds me of how with the Green Lanterns or the Lanterns in general. Like you got the Blue Lanterns are they're known for just being defensive. They will never yeah. uh, just you know be prone to attacking things. They will defend themselves uh, no matter what. And I think that's a pretty good thing to look look at um, as inspiration. Yeah, it's a very heroic trait, and you know you see the love that. The citizens have for their their homes and their homeland yeah. their country you know and this is 
truly a group of people just standing up to tyranny. That's what that is, mm-hmm. including their leadership. You know, President, excuse me if I'm you know pronouncing this wrong, President Jelinski, he is there in country yeah. on the battlegrounds. You know, after the bombing runs happened, he was still there. Yep. You know, unfortunately, um, he's had to enact a sort of like a pseudo draft where now all men between the ages of, and this has been going on for days now, but all men yep. between the ages of 18 and 60 need to remain in the country to fight for freedom. And, you know, women and children and elderly were sent off. Um, you know, people were evacuated from from cities in the beginning before the air, the air raid. But yeah, you know, this is leadership. And he, he sent out a statement yesterday, you know, pleading yeah. to the to the Russian people, to the people of Russia, saying, you know, your leadership is lying to you. We're not doing anything. We're minding our own business. We just want to be free like you guys are. You know, and he even spoke in Russian to appeal to them. And, you know, the entire world at this point is on the side of the Ukraine. And like you said, bringing back to a former Soviet Union, uh, that Soviet Union, you know, was disbanded. But they're saying that Putin kind of has this weird kind of take on it and he wants to reignite those flames of the Soviet Union and get back that land and bring Russia to its quote unquote former glory. Yeah. You know, Russia is a a powerhouse in the world, economically, yeah. military, you know, the, you know, financially they're, they, they're they really do their big. Yeah. 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 So, you know, just Putin wanting more is it's that's what it's it is greed. at the baseline. It's greed. It's greed. He just wants more you know, there's some things that are saying, you know, he's kind of going off the deep end and this is like his last thing before he passes, but it's greed. And we're seeing, you know, in real time, unfortunately, yeah. we're seeing greed take hold of man and greed trying to spread throughout the world. Yeah. You know, these things have happened in the past. This is not the first time and I'm sure it won't be the last, although I hope and pray it would be. Yeah. You know, these things are hurting the globe. We've spoken about it before. What if we all just came together and worked together as one? We would be further along in every aspect of the word. Technology, financially. Yep. But greed breeds evil, right? Power brings greed. Greed brings evil. Mm -hmm. All of these things are done so that men, random men can feel better about themselves and it's not for the it's not for the good of the people it's not for the good of the world it is because one guy wanted more that's it so now because that one guy wanted more he's putting his people in a very bad situation financially the country of russia is is feeling it you know not only that his armed forces are now pushed to do these things under false pretenses and he's killing thousands yeah thousands are are falling due to the word of one guy and it's unprovoked there's no reason there's no rhyme he just felt like he wanted more it's a scary thought because of that he took it upon himself to order something that's warmongering that guy was just like you know what screw it i want this and i'm gonna go take it he's being a bully it, it is it is it is as simple as that but it's still a scary thought to say like what is he actually thinking because like mm-hmm. is he like is like it kind of makes me think of and I, like i said i don't want to 
get super political, but it makes me think of what when Trump was president. Like, what was the actual thoughts going through this person's brain? Like, why are you doing these things? And is the this biggest, person sick or is he just the evil? biggest issues like, when yeah. it when it when it comes to, in my opinion, obviously this is always gonna be my opinion. The biggest issue that I think is happening when it comes to the differences in politics is communication. Mm-hmm. Some people are able to communicate their ideas a certain way, and obviously people will flock to whoever they side with in terms of communication. Now, Putin is somebody who has communicated what he's doing, I guess, because he, he like physically has to. He has to communicate to his armed forces. He needs to communicate to his people to justify what he's doing, but he's not giving any real reason. You know, the Ukraine didn't attack him. Yeah. They didn't do anything, and this is like I keep saying, an unprompted, unnecessary show of force. Yeah. And he's just doing what, it because he can. Yeah, and I'm wondering what the end game is going to be because I remember he, and I, I'd see this as a threat, and he says it yeah. as, um, you know, if anyone in, uh, interferes or mm-hmm. there's going to be there's going to be you know hell to pay. Literally, the whole planet is interfering, and I'm wondering like he's not going to attack all. So, all countries like you can't just go and do that yeah so his his portion he did say that if anyone was to interfere with his operations in the ukraine that they would have a um a revenge like no other there was something like that yeah so you know newscasters political analysts like everyone's kind of seeing that as like a nuclear threat mm. but you know something like oh if you chime in here like you're going to you're going to get it too so the weird thing about this is no one's on his side really virtually no one is taking his side yeah. and because not only because of that threat but because it doesn't involve other countries everyone is very hesitant to take any physical action right like it's just you know no yeah, one it- wants to be that guy to start world war 3 because once some once another country gets involved, then we're going to talk about alliances and who's on whose side. And that that's something so we don't want to see. The countries of the world, you know, NATO, um, UN, the entire continent of Europe, everyone is trying to do as much as they can to kind of snuff out the spark because before it becomes a fire. All these sanctions that we keep hearing about in, in the news, you know, not only from Biden and the U.S., but from other countries abroad, they are really, really trying to put the squeeze on Russia so that they cannot financially, like, continue this fight so that it is literally impossible. I just read this morning that the ruble, which is the Russian currency, oh, yeah, is worth le- – one ruble is worth less than one penny, one U.S. penny, which is the lowest it has ever been since it's um, – I guess, conception. So, you know, we're really trying and I know, you know, there's other sanctions. There's a lot of things dealing with uh, import and export. The sanctions on the gas is like a big deal that's affecting everyone. Gas prices are going to start to go up because we're no longer relying on Russian gas. No one's going to be buying it. You know, we're, we're like I said, the world seems like it's really trying to come to the aid of Ukraine in the most diplomatic way possible, right? Without any type of force. But this is... You know, for lack of a better phrase, this is history in the making. And my hope is that this ends swiftly and with the removal of of Putin. 
he needs to be removed from his seat of power and we need to have somebody that will lead that country correctly that yeah. doesn't mean align with us yeah agreed like i they, we should not be in that at all it needs to happen internally exactly like there shouldn't be any type of us involvement in terms of overthrowing the government that's typically something that we see the the people the civilians of yeah. whatever country do but we should not be involving ourselves in terms of arming either side to yeah. you know overthrow who but i pray that putin is removed from power because that type of person just does not need to be there yeah. you know agreed so yeah so that's that's the big one obviously you know it's a little little heavier than other things jay do you have anything else to chime in with that uh no like the everything you said was spot on uh like it, it's something we like you said we we definitely have to discuss it because we can't just go on making yeah. these podcasts without mentioning it like nothing's wrong like we definitely want to bring the news to you uh and it's going to be heavy we won't we don't we don't want to sugarcoat anything yeah exactly so the next uh moving on to the next topic here it's going to be kind of in the same vein of uh, politics but the house has passed an anti-lynch bill which now makes lynching a federal crime within the u.s now when i was reading up on this uh today actually you know it had the it, it passed it's a federal crime now I think it's that's ridiculous. It should have been passed forever ago, dude. I was but just on top of that, thing. which is really upsetting, three mm-hmm. people voted yes. against it. Yeah. So, you know, and for transparency reason, it was three Republicans voted against the um, yeah. the bill. So, at the bare minimum, it's a good thing. It took way too long. But, it, you know, at least it happened. And, you know, we. It, you can almost laugh understand. at it. You can almost laugh yeah, at it. Yeah, it's almost laughable. Like this, this is something that's still being talked about because you think of lynching as such an archaic concept, right? Like that, that goes kind of hand in hand with like slavery. It's, it's archaic, and but it does. It, there's symbolism, it's symbolism to it, too, because yeah. it's like when, you know, when I hear that word, that's all I think about. I don't want to hear the word hanging, lynching, that it just like my mind goes to like, oh, this was during segregations when and slavery and all those things. It's it's not a it's not a good thing. But kind of to take it back a little bit, you mentioned the three Republicans, not again, not to join side, uh, choose sides or whatever. Both sides are weird with their stuff. But just forget that they're Republicans. They voted against it. So that's like. They should not be working in 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 politics. Like you're saying that it shouldn't be a what what does it hurt to have it be a, a law? It doesn't hurt them personally. That's just the that's just the mindset that I'm trying to get into. Like so I don't know what else, you know, because in, in, when bills become laws, typically there's other things that are written into it that are kind yeah. of piggybacking. So yes. I don't know if they ended up voting no because there was other things that they didn't agree with that they didn't want passed. I don't know if they wanted to keep it to a state level, which is also still kind of ridiculous in yeah, my it's mind. It's still murder. It should just be a, like federal across the board. This is a no-no. So I don't understand. But anyway, it's at the bare minimum, it's good that it happened, but it is really late because like you said, it, it 
it brings up conversations of slavery and it happening so long ago. But in reality, you know, when these things happen, when lynchings or hangings happen, it is a symbolism thing. And it's typically to promote hate and to Mm -hmm. show off um, a conquering of some sort, right? Be like, oh, hey, look at my handiwork. Terrible notions, disgusting, extremely hateful. And yeah, it's been illegal forever, but for it to finally become seen as a federal crime, a federal hate crime, it's really, really late for that. And the fact that we're still having these conversations and the the age old phrase of, you know, better late than never is very true. I'd rather have this now than never. Right. But Mm -hmm. the fact that this is still a, a prevalent thing and extremely like in the mainstream of like, we're still talking about these racist, hateful acts that are not technically illegal yet or not technically federal crimes yet. And, and I think certain things could just be as simple because it's like, look, and I don't know, I don't, I'm not politics smart, but it killing is bad. We know this when we were children, killing is bad. (laughs) Like, why does it take so much? And it kind of reminds me, uh, this is kind of like a sidebar. Um, Greta Thunberg, when uh, the climate activist, uh, she talks about how all politicians, all they do is talk. Like, why are we still talking about this? Why are we still talking about things that should be very obvious? I I don't, I have no words. Because you think about it, right? And when you speak, when you speak it, you know, when you actually say the words out loud, it is such a simple concept that anyone would agree with. Be like, oh yeah, yeah I like hanging someone is terrible. But yeah. yet when you go into like the actual fine print of our legal system, you find out, oh, this isn't a federal crime. Like why? And I if think tampering with it. the mail is a federal yeah. crime. Yes. Why? Has it taken so long for lynching exactly. to meet to like meet it there? Right, it's, it's crazy how you know. Not to get all religious as well, like you know the Ten Commandments: "Thou shalt not kill." There were ten laws, right? That bro, that you back could, in the day, <laughs> we knew it was not cool. Yeah, exactly. You had ten laws that governed the world for a long time. Now the the country, our modern day country still has to put in these like ellipses it's still catching up you still yeah. got to put in these little things to like make sure that people realize like no no this is wrong and oh you, you there are loopholes but we're gonna fill in those loopholes like why are there it's killing is bad and it's like it's like the joker said in uh in zack snyder's justice league we live in a society and it's just like <laughs> we do we do live right. in a society <sighs> so Moving on from the heavier topics this episode, we're we're finally gonna you know take a nice breath in and out. Yeah, let's let's take a breather. Okay. And we're gonna start talking about some fun stuff, right? First thing, big thing right off the bat, the SAG Awards happen, right? So yeah, this, yeah. these are the Screen Actor Guild Awards. They happen every year. The you know big thing is that you know this is from the their peers right yeah, so it's yeah. television yeah. and movies and they've been doing this since 1995 mm-hmm. and it celebrates achievements in the movies and television right so we have actors and actresses on t- ensemble cast things of that nature and everyone in the screen actors guild votes on it right they're yeah. randomly chosen every year and you know whoever gets chosen will vote on whatever categories with that let's kind of roll through these real quick i'll 
shoot off like the, the, do the do the main ones. <laughs> yeah, I'll shoot off the big ones and then we could kind of dissect them. Right. So outstanding performance by a male actor in a leading role was Will Smith for King Richard. Uh-huh, outstanding uh-huh. performance by a female actor in a leading role was Jessica Chastain in the eyes of Tammy Faye. Then we have outstanding performance by a cast in a motion picture was Coda. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Outstanding performance by a male actor in a supporting role was Troy Kotzer, also from CODA. This next one, I called it that she was going to get an award. Outstanding performance by a female actor in a supporting role, Ariana DeBose. I don't know if it's DuBois. I don't think it's DuBois. It's DeBose. It's not DuBois. Yeah, you have it. It's DeBose from West Side Story. She was also in Hamilton. I called that. Yes. Then we have outstanding performance by a male actor in a drama series. Excuse my pronunciation, but Lee Jung Jae from Squid Games mm-hmm. on Netflix. Squid Game. Sorry, guys. Squid Game. Sorry. Yeah. Outstanding performance by a female actor in a drama in a drama series. His act. His um. I supporting guess, actor. Supporting actor as well. Jung Ho Yun mm-hmm. from which Squid I'm Game. not surprised. No, she she killed that. She was so good. Yeah, they both. Did. Um, the guy was also extremely good. Like, yeah, uh, he's he's a well me. he's a well renowned actor over there. Um, and people, I remember some like uh some uh journalists thought that was like his first gig. Uh, because you know, and that's the thing. That's that you get that that thing where you oh you're a foreign you're a foreigner. This yeah, is your it's first. The, it's gig like the ignorance, right? Yeah, and I was like, All right. but anyway, yeah, that he was great. Um, yeah, they both they both killed that. And then they were yeah. But so not then surprising. we go then we go to outstanding performance by a male actor in a television movie or miniseries. That goes to Michael Keaton for Dope Sick, another show that I, I want to watch. Then we had performance by a female actor in a television movie or mini or miniseries, Kate Winslet for Mar of Easttown, Mayor, uh, Mayor, Mayor of Easttown. Mayor East Town, yes. Okay. This one was also a dead giveaway. Outstanding performance by a male actor in a comedy series. Jason oh. Sudeikis with Ted mm-hmm. Lasso. Totally makes sense. Um, outstanding performance by a female, female actor in a comedy series. Gene Smart in Hacks. I don't really even know what that is. Outstanding performance yeah. by an ensemble cast in a drama series is Succession. Heard very good things. Yeah. Um. And then outstanding performance by an ensemble cast in a comedy series, Ted Lasso again. Outstanding action performance by a stunt ensemble in motion picture is No Time to Die. So I didn't even know that they did things like that for stunt ensembles, too. That's pretty cool. I, you know what it is? I think nowadays they're trying to recognize a lot more. And speaking of diversity, it's not just about race, but also the people that work in the industry. Like They should get the recognition. Like just uh so we watch can watch the credits like, people yeah like yeah like sit through the credit that's what marvel did they they've been doing it for, since 2008 um like Denzel, and then oh, really quick I, last one yeah, yeah. is outstanding action performance by a stunt ensemble in a comedy or drama series goes to squid game so we got three yeah. awards going to squid game three yeah, of the they, big guys. they took they took a lot home um, but yeah, it's all those people should get recognized. Kind of like when I mentioned in our, one of our previous uh, uh, episodes, uh, tragedy of Macbeth. Like just seeing how all that was not practical effects, the work that they did, the precision, how crisp their digital effects were, made me think it was practical effects. 
and yeah, I that's still intense. Seen like, the scene, the trailer was great. Yeah, when you told me that, it blew my mind. And it's funny because you know um, Will Smith won uh, actor in a motion picture leading uh, outstanding performance by male actor, and he was mm-hmm. up against Denzel Washington for Tragedy of Macbeth. Mm-hmm. So I haven't seen either one. They were also this was a Can't pretty stacked ca- category. So yeah. the male actors, right, uh, in a leading in a role, leading role. Uh, the nominee, the nominees were Javier Bardem for Being the Ricardos, Benedict mm. Cumberbatch for The Power of the Dog, Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom, Will Smith for King Richard, and Denzel Washington for Tragedy of Macbeth. That's a, a stacked category. All, A-li- all A-listers. Yep. Um, and it, I feel like, and this could be an opinion thing, but you know how, like, Will Smith, like for me, Will Smith was at his height around the time of I Am Legend. Then he kind of like mm-hmm. petered out after this movie he did with M. Night Shyamalan. And then now he's like, come, he's kind of on a rise again with at his age too. Like, does that, do you feel that or see that? So I, I do because there's, you know, he's, he's an actor where he has a lot of hits and a lot of misses. You know, he, he really cut his teeth right on Independence Day. That was his biggest like blockbuster yeah. breakout. Right. And then, you know, he, he did great stuff like Ali. I, I love the sleeper stuff like Hancock. Hancock, I felt like didn't do too great in theaters when it I came like, out. But I, I really I like, liked his, I like Hancock. Yeah. I liked his, his portrayal. And then you got like iRobot, I really liked. Um, then you kind of got these like weird ones. So the one with Margot Robbie that he did, Focus. Um, yeah. Then he did Gemini Man, which is him playing two roles his younger self and his older yeah. self and they're both like it's a spy versus spy thing mm-hmm. um and then uh, what was the one you just said oh then it was uh after earth so after, yeah. those, after earth thing. with jaden smith so those those were kind of like weird and they didn't really hold up too well and you know and what i like is that he enjoys those doing them i'm yeah, sure they're he's, to me, I feel like you know he has fun with it and he 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 likes that stuff. For every seven pounds or pursuit of happiness, you yeah. know, there's a there's a um, <laughs> there's, there's a those, wild, right? Wild West. <laughs> yeah, there's a Wild Wild West or Men in Black too. Like you know, there for someone like Will Smith, he's done a lot. He has a lot of movies, a lot of projects under his belt, and they all can't be ten out of ten. And honestly speaking, King Richard, I, you know, I, I thought it, it looked good. It wasn't enough for me to like be there opening weekend. It really, it just, yeah. it didn't grab me like that. Um, same thing with with Tragedy of Macbeth. But I will say, watching both those trailers multiple times, the Tragedy of Macbeth got me where I was like, "Whoa, this thing looks amazing!" And the tour de force that is Denzel Washington playing Macbeth. I was extremely interested in. So, yeah. and Andrew Garfield also in Tick, Tick, Boom, receiving a lot of praise on this movie. And it's the first time he's ever sung. And you listen to him and you would think that he's been a professional singer. Yeah. You know? So it's, there's a big, I mean, Benedict Cumberbatch, Big Maybe Daddy Strange. I, he's always like great. I saw, I saw the movie. The movie was meh. Maybe less than yeah. meh, but he was really good in it. And, yeah, he's, uh, we're talking about people like regardless of the project, they're always going to yeah. kind of play exactly. their role to the best of their ability, you know? Yeah. 
Um, and then also with the outstanding performance by female actor Jessica Ch- Chastain pulling out, you know, there was also some some people in here. So Olivia Coleman for The Lost Daughter, Lady Gaga for House of Gucci, which I'm being told is like phenomenal. She played that role like to a T. Yeah. Jennifer Hudson for Respect. Jennifer Hudson, great actress. And then Nicole Kidman for being the Ricardos. Um, her That's portrayal of Lucille Ball. Great A-listers, all of them again, you know. So I'm I'm pretty like I'm I'm not super surprised, but you know, they they did really good work and pulled it out, you know? Yeah. So I'm happy for them there. Fun fact, Lady Gaga was stuck in her role for a few weeks. Like after the yeah. movie, after it was done, she was just like stuck she just in couldn't that role. she couldn't drop yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I found that funny. I always like, liked that whole method acting, like losing yourself to the role thing. I don't think I could do it, but I think it's yeah, I it's cool. <laughs> um, so okay, cool. So moving on to some TV related news here. So Euphoria, right? It's been the big thing. The season finale, the finale came out yeah. on Sunday. I watched it with Erica. It was actually a really watch, good episode. Are you watching it, like I didn't, I didn't watch the entire series or anything. Oh, okay, okay. I've same, caught bits same. and pieces. Um, I've caught a little bit more from season one, not so much from season two. But I watched okay. the finale. I watched the second to last episode and the last same. episode of season two, um, with Erica, and it was really good. Great show. The story is phenomenal. It is very sad, and there is a lot of nudity and sexual content in this show. So it is a little jarring at first. Yeah. Very sad. Very good storytelling. So Euphoria is the second most watched show on HBO right behind Game of Thrones. And that is not surprising. This is like, this is made, I think for our generation, right? Whoever watched Degrassi growing up, this is Degrassi on crack and ecstasy at the same time. It's still wild though, because I can't imagine like this is not high school. Like I forget it's high school kids, especially yeah. with that when they're in a play. They're in high all school, like they're 16, like, 17, and 18. They're like, why is this a thing? And it's so, and that's what really kind of, I wouldn't say turned me off because I liked the storytelling that was mm-hmm. in it when, um, Erica first started going through it, but it was just so much, so much like raw, emotional, stressful situations, including the sexual tension in all of the episodes. There's a Mm. lot of sexual situations and it's, it's like, they don't pull any punches. Guy butt and peepees everywhere. Mm -hmm. HBO is, it's pushing the, and HBO is just pushing up, pushing the envelope. And behind that, like, yep. you know, like, just to get on to the network, talking about networks for a second, like, FX is becoming HBO back in the day. And HBO mm-hmm. is, like, ahead of its time when it comes to explicit content. Like, yes. I haven't, like, I, like just like you haven't seen a few episodes, I think I've seen the last, I saw an episode where uh, uh, Zendaya's character, Rue, was running, she was being taken to rehab, and the whole episode was her running. Beautiful episode. Um, I still don't know where this show is going, and I think that's a topic of discussion when it comes to the show. Um, and I saw the last episode, a little bit of the last episode, but I saw the penultimate episode, which I thought was phenomenal. Just the way it shot, the writing, um, how meta it was, I thought it was really great. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it pushes boundaries and even in the the topics of drug use and all those things it's just the commentaries are all there and you can just you can unravel it and talk about it for days yeah it's very unapologetic when it comes to like sex drugs crime in general like it, Mm -hmm. it sheds a lot of light on inner workings of certain things which is phenomenal the way that they show it you know showing the struggle of being a teenager, you know, it, that's really what it is at the base of teenager it. Teenager that is, lost her parent too at a young yeah, age. It, the, the base of it is like, this is a slice of life drama series, no. right? And then around that, there's so many layers to it, you know, from these relationships with friends and new people, parents, family members. And then you got like other people coming into the mix and then you know there's always these branches right and everyone's connected somehow and everyone all of those branches have their own branches and the way that they tell the branching storylines are just so perfect they even you know and they have fun with it sometimes there was an episode i think in season one where randomly when zendaya was like breaking something down right because she's also the narrator as well as the main character oh, yeah. yeah when she was breaking something down it turned into like a 50s detective show and she was like in suspenders with everything and like it just ended up oh yeah i think i, I like, saw gabby watch that yeah so yeah like I she was that. breaking <laughs> down what she was finding and it was just she was literally like a gumshoe detective like randomly and it worked because when you look back on what your mind tries to do it's that they're just personifying it right yeah. on the screen. Fantastic show. And it does not surprise me at all. I mean, it's very memeable. There's TikTok videos out the ass, you know, yeah. <laughs> all the over dramatizations of things really grab people, you know, like we've talked about before, we've been in this age of drama of heavy drama for a while. And this is just another one that really pushes the envelope. And yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if down the line, you know, I can see this going another season or two, not too much more, um, because I feel like then it'll play out what it's trying to do. But um, I can see it surpassing Game of Thrones totally. With the way the way that I'm getting uh, my in like my social feed and my, Mm -hmm. you know, the algorithm is just pushing out, even though I'm not like looking for it. Um, it's it's gonna surpass it, and we did discuss this that we needed another another show to all you know get together on Sunday to watch. Yep. We were talking about what's, what's yeah. This is the water cooler slot. show. Yep. So this is this this became that HBO uh, Sunday slot. Um, yep. And they're and pushing it, and this is it. Uh, but yeah, it made me think. Like, I think I might just watch it just to check because, like, me as a I guess a film slash tv nerd when it comes to like the actual inner workings of cinematography and writing i'm gonna i'm gonna check it out i'm probably gonna have to fast forward through a couple of things probably yeah not, so but. with <laughs> even with a lot of these like sexual elements and stuff like i said that it wasn't a turn off i would say but it was jarring for me like the yeah. first episode is they throw you right in it like you got a, a druggie and uh and sex stuff happening sex. and you see how like sexual these you know teenage characters are and it's you think about it and it's like, you know what? Like this isn't real life, quote unquote, because I can't imagine that this is all happening to one group of people. It's real. But it's real. You know, these things I'm sure happen to some degree in places and with with groups of of kids. 
you know, and it's sad. It it brings me down and like I'm the type of person I love comedy. So if I'm sad, I need something happy. Whereas yeah. my wife is psychotic and if she's sad, watch, like, she needs something like sad. And to meet her that halfway. Yeah. Or like even on a regular day, she'll just watch it and be able to to zone out and and give it her all. And I'm just not the type of person. I, I cannot. Say, she watches those documentaries too, right? Like those killer documentaries or whatever. Or is that just I, it's not like anything? a it's not like a thing that she like searches out, but she has uh, in the past okay. and she's cool with it. Yeah, you know? which is weird. But won't like, watch a scary watched... movie. <laughs> I won't watch a scary movie. She no, loves I won't scary watch crap. Scary I, no, I, I won't do watch that. But Gabby's that way. She will watch like killer, serial killer stuff, like weird, scary, real life things, but won't see a scary movie. I won't see a scary movie, but it's a weird. I don't like either of those things. I'm I'm okay with living in a happy fake world. Yeah. Like after watching that, I'm probably going to go rewatch Ninja Turtles again. Like I'm God, I gotta. It's weird because we're those people that will watch those things. But I understand what you're saying from before. Like, it is jarring because when I actually start watching the show, I'm going to be like, wow, I need something to clean my palate. I need, I need, I need, I need to, I need to go back to my Saturday morning cartoons feel because that's how my brain works. I just got to be happy and watch the world through as a cartoon. And to your point, the cinematography, the storytelling, the acting is beautiful. It is so good in all the different scenes and all the ways that the stories play out. It is fantastic. It is a and this show, you know, deserves all the acclaim that it's getting right now. Mm-hmm. You know, it it is a fantastic show. It's just something that it's it's deep drama. So get ready yeah. for it. You know. Yeah. But yeah, great show. I'll check it out at some point. Um, and then keeping sticking with the thread of TV. More so streaming services, right? So, (laughs) Marvel's Netflix shows, right? They have been removed from Netflix. Oh, as of today. As of today, yeah. Yeah. But. But. But with one T. (laughs) But. We have some news. They are coming back. They are coming back to Disney Plus. Which I called it. I called so, yes, it. Yes, you did. So now Disney, in its massive endeavor to acquire everything that it once had under one umbrella. Right. Right. It's it's literally just like I I I, I see it as this is gonna be a pull. So you remember in Star Wars Force Unleashed, the first game. I know what you're talking about. I literally know what you're talking about. When Go ahead. When Starkiller <laughs> is there, you're like grinding you those the two analog sticks and he's pulling the Star Destroyer from space. That is Disney reclaiming all of their projects and they're just there like, come on. You know, using all of you need to mic. make that a meme and just shotgun it into Twitter, <laughs> the Twitterverse. Like literally using all of their might to bring down what they had and bring it together under one roof. Mm-hmm. So that means we get the whole Defenders lineup, right? So we're yeah. getting Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Daredevil, Iron Fist, the Defenders, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes, which Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was still technically under the umbrella like through ABC slash Hulu. But it was ABC, yeah. 
but um but it's now it's home it's like you know we're getting all these marvel characters back slowly like we only need and i know they're gonna hear this and try to prevent it because they hate us but you know we only need spider-man and the hulk that's it the hulk i don't know if we'll get anytime soon i know the spider-man trilogy the tom holland trilogy is going to be available on stars now stars on demand i mean you could also you know pay for it on amazon or whatever but free streaming it'll be on stars uh, mm-hmm. So you can technically get it through Hulu if you have the Stars subscription, but uh, yeah, we still gotta wait for it to come under. I'm sure they're dragging it out. They have deals with this stuff, so it's gonna take a little while for I think Spider-Man they're, they're to fully come over. Yeah, their deals but have to. We, it's to not this. impossible. Yeah, you know we've, we've seen it with so many things. 97 X-Men, it's there. 90s Spider-Man, it's there. Fantastic Four movies it's there right the wolverine movies it's there we're getting close we're getting close it took them it took them a couple years well not a couple it took them 22 years 22 movies of years movies and more including you know the blade movies um but Yeah. yeah i'm i'm just rambling no but yeah dude um i'm i'm stoked um, and I knew like when me and my friends were talking about it, I knew it was going to happen because look, they announced Moon Knight. Moon Knight is a very gritty show. H- having seen the first trailer, I was like, no, if they're going to do this, the the Netflix shows could definitely live on Disney Plus because they canceled it a while back. First, it got canceled. And I think it was all planned out. They canceled it so they can because uh, if they weren't making any more shows, the rights go back to uh, Disney or uh, mm-hmm. Marvel Studios under Disney Plus. So then I guess they were waiting it out. So I guess now that it was living on Netflix, I wonder when you play it on Disney Plus, it's not going to have the Netflix logo anymore that pops up. And like mm. certain things may change. Like I would hope they don't change like the intro that has to stay. But no. certain things in the series may change. And I hope they don't change it. Um I can't imagine that they'll change anything besides. I mean, it might be a thing because it was developed under Netflix. So it might yeah. have to it might have to keep the net the Netflix original banner like when yeah. it first boots up. It kind of reminds me uh, when Sister Sister came on Netflix, um, mm-hmm. and Gabby knows this for sure. There's an episode that she loves. They play a song, or I think they sing a song, but the song is not is played differently because of rights. Mm. So I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. So like they they're gonna probably mess with it a little bit. Hopefully not too much where it just changes stories or whatever. So I have to imagine it's under Marvel Studios. So yeah. I feel like oh, they would retain all, all of right. that. Yeah. The only thing that's different is the distribution because exactly. distribution was originally under Netflix and now it's coming back to Disney. So I can't imagine content wise we'll see any changes. Yeah. Um, you know, in terms of Sister Sister, it's a little different because that was a show three yeah. decades ago, yeah. you know. So now they have to make sure everything's good with um whatever royalties they gotta pay out, copywriting things. Yeah. So I can understand that. But this like it's it seems pretty be like we shouldn't see anything the only thing that might like i said like that might be different is that netflix banner are they gonna yeah. keep it saying it's a netflix original or not i don't know what what that is like legally well if you think about it i think they will remove it because when netflix has their original shows when i found out one time 
when they go, when they get original, some of them were just purchased from different countries. So like yeah. it will still say like BBC, but it's like Netflix original. It's like it's not a Netflix yeah. original, but they just acquired it. So I'm I'm assuming it's gonna be the same with uh, Disney Plus. It will just be the Disney Plus logo, and then it just seamlessly goes into the show. Um, okay. which I wouldn't be surprised. But I was going to ask, now that we were getting these shows back, now, and we can spoil this because you should have seen it, but I'm going to say spoilers. Um, <laughs> Matt Murdock was in Spider-Man uh, No Way Home. And that already ties in the entire Defenders cast into the MCU because they were, for the longest time, including with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., for the longest time they were saying, Oh, that it's probably not part of the same movie universe, and it used to bother me because I love the interconnectivity of all the the stuff, especially with TV. And I understand why they couldn't do certain things like crossing over because of like uh, uh, scheduling and stuff like that. But money now and money, but now that it's home and they get to play with that because Phase Four and with the announcement also, this is kind of an added bonus that. Avengers, there's no other Avengers movie. Yeah. There's there's not gonna be another one. It's just gonna be a connection of Marvel stories. And it could be yeah. done in movie yeah. or TV shows, and it'll just be very seamless because now yeah. there's control over it. Um that's exciting. That's exciting to me. That is it's incredibly that. exciting because like you said, now we just have seamless storytelling. So I mean the thing that comes to mind is right, She-Hulk is coming in, right? Mm-hmm to disney plus and she hulk she's been a part of the avengers new avengers and other teams like that yeah. uh but she hulk is seen as like a street level hero yep but in the trailer or the screenshots from she hulk who's there her cousin the hulk yeah, and it is yeah. mark ruffalo so yeah. I think it opens itself up for collaborations like that, right? For any any actors that are super passionate with it. Like we've seen it with Chris Hemsworth. He loves the character of Thor. He wants to continue to play it. Tom Hiddleston with Loki. Like there's some characters that, I mean, there's some actors that love their characters and they want to continue to portray them. Charlie Cox with Daredevil. They, they have this insane attachment. So I can see them jumping from property to property just to keep up their i guess the portrayal yeah and make it more comic booky like imagine just war showing up in a street level battle just to say hi and that's all we've ever wanted and i'm gonna speak for all nerddom like yeah we wanted thor to say hi to luke cage and be like oh my hammer could go through your chest but no i am uh you know i'm a wall i can take it and they just have like a, a pissing contest and then it's just laughing games and they have their own shawarma scene like in harlem having barbecue i don't know look at me i'm just writing things right now hire me disney just free free ideas for disney so yeah this opens up a lot of different doors and i think it's a it's kind of like a sky's the limit situation because now that it's all under disney they can jump from thing to thing you know it Kevin Feige has confirmed that there will no longer be any quote-unquote Avengers movies. Like, he made that very, very, very clear. It is specifically quote-unquote Avengers. So, I'm sure we'll see new Avengers, right? I'm sure we'll see other teams form Thunderbolts. It's the wording. So, it's just literally the OG Avengers. They are done now. Which is smart because, you know, you got to leave stories behind and keep going. 
it won't be as convoluted as comic books are because that's just impossible. You need to let things kind of take its take its bow, so to speak, and then move on. So, yeah, it's just going to keep evolving, like we've said before, and that'll be a great thing to just consume. Like, it's just really, it's just going to be awesome for everyone. 2008 J&J are tearing right now internally. We're just with excitement, just like, yes. (laughs) So, moving into the world of... (laughs) (laughs) So, moving into the world of video games, we have some cool news here. So, let's talk about this sleeper hit really quick everyone that's in video games has heard about it it's called elden ring sleeper would you say sleeper i think so Mm. so the whole thing elden ring it is a game uh developed from uh by from software it is made in collaboration with george rr martin so Mm -hmm. game of thrones guy right he wrote all the fire and ice books all that all that stuff so they collaborated with him and created this new world and it's high fantasy, kind of like a dark souls type of game meets Lord of the Rings. So it's just super impressive, right? It's going to win a ridiculous amount of awards. It's been getting 10 out of 10s. It's um, already won the, what is the most anticipated game award? Like it's just going to keep rolling. So the reason why I say it's a sleeper hit because Mm -hmm. It seems like such a niche thing. Oh, okay. okay. So when, I see what you're saying. So when I saw this game, first off, I felt like it came out of nowhere and then just launched. I I mean, I wasn't, and probably for good reason. I'm just not in those echo chambers, right? Like yeah. I'm not, I'm not super aware of these high fantasy games all the time. Yeah. So especially since it has that Souls id software type of feel. Um, Same here. Like a Dark I, Souls or a Bloodborne. Thing. I just, Sekiro. I don't, yeah, Sekiro. Like, I just don't like those games. Like, those have never appealed to me. Agreed. So, seeing this, I saw it and I was like, oh, it's going to be one of those Dark Souls games always, you know, perform really well and they get high scores because of the storytelling, the actual mechanics, you know, the difficulty is what they're known for. But beyond that, the gameplay is usually touted as extremely good. So, I was just imagining this is, you know, it's going to be a thing. This niche group is going to love it and and run with it like Dark Souls. And Dark Souls has become bigger and bigger as years gone by. Then with Bloodborne, it hit like I think a peak of popularity because it yeah. finally was a little more mainstream. Um, and it's seen as kind of like the more approachable title in that series. So Elden Ring now kind of fill in this Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings hole for a lot of nerds out there. So I guess I kind of, I guess maybe I like underestimated the appeal that it would have. Mm. But to me, this was a huge sleeper hit. I knew that, you know, George Railroad Martin was on there and like doing his thing and, and collaborating with them and on the story and all that. So it's just wild to me that it's... Mm. It's like one of the best reviewed games of all time. Yeah. Already, you know, it just came out. When did it come out? Like, like uh, oh, February twenty fifth is when it came out last week. Last week, and it has one of the highest ratings of all time, and that is insane. Like, it's getting ten out of tens across the board. 
Um, you know, I, I would say this too. Like, so I agree with you wholeheartedly. Like, I those aren't my games. Like, the only game I've played when it comes to the same game mechanics, Fallen Order, mm-hmm. great game, by the way. Um, oh, fantastic. I tried to play Sekiro because my friend told me to play it because I saw it and I'm, I love samurai stuff. So, um, it was, I remember when, just to give you a backstory, I remember Sekiro trailer came out and Ghost of Tsushima came out. Uh, uh, the trailers came out. Really like Ghost of Tsushima, loved the game, played and everything. Then I saw Sekiro, I was like, oh, this is really cool. Then I realized that this is the type of game that Bloodborne Dark Souls is like. Tried Sekiro, I'm like, I don't have the patience to play that game. And that's the key word there. Like, I'm not going to say it's not a great game, I just don't have the patience. Now, Elden Ring, you said about how it's going to get those nerds that love that fantasy, the Lord of the Rings. I saw the trailer and I saw the gameplay, I was like, me, myself, I was like, huh, I might want to get it. And but that's been my thought process. I haven't I haven't been like I'm gonna get it. Um, I almost pre-ordered it, and I was like I'll wait and I'll see because the difference with this game it's open world, where the other ones are like open world, but it's more linear. This is actually truly open world. One of their first games that was open world Um, because it's like if you can't fight this boss, I can just leave and go fight another enemy. Yeah, I think it it's the gameplay itself is a little more more approachable and more. It's closer to what we've been seeing in terms of games and being open world. It reminds me of the same setup of like Breath of Breath of the Wild. Exactly. So it's very much like, you know, you can it, it. There's a path where it's like that's the the path most most traveled, which is where the game is trying to lead you, right? Mm-hmm. So like you level up correctly, you get the experience, and you're able to go through the game in a fluid motion. But then it also kind of gives the player itself a very big amount of freedom so you can just go place to place do anything see this big monster you feel like you want to hit it just to watch yourself die you can do that you know you can figure out weird you know ways to go about doing things so it looks cool and i had the same thought process as you so played but bloodborne i couldn't get through the first boss and i was like i cannot do this and you know it's funny you were meant to lose that too which is surprising yeah or not surprising no, the that thing I did, but then there's like this huge, like it was like the first boss boss. Yeah, thing, the wolf. And I was, You're supposed to yeah. lose that that battle. No, I know, but then there's another one. There's another one. Oh, well, I didn't get yeah. that far then. <laughs> I yeah. turned it off. After yeah, that I lost. first that first one, like you're meant to lose it. Like that's a thing. That's part of the story. Okay. You have to die there. Um, technically, I know there's like a way to win, but you, no one's ever gonna do that. So like regular gamers yeah, right. don't do that. So then after that, there's a massive like celestial wolf thing. So I okay. got up to there and I started fighting it and I was like, nah, I'm good. So and then I also tried Neo, which is um not necessarily high fantasy. It's also by them. And it was uh, kind of like a knight's almost Victorian age type deal. And same deal. I just couldn't do it. You know, the lore is hidden within the world and like objects and stuff. So you can kind of when you pick up things and you read all this stuff, you can find out what's going on. But, you know, it's just you got to work your way through stuff and memorize different routes and ways to beat characters. I just couldn't. Um, But with this, it seems like a little more approachable. And the content, you know, from the trailer, like you said, I was just like, oh, you know, I'm going to see how this does because I am I might play this. Yeah. Because I, I like, like I said, I liked it. Um, one thing's, uh, 
Bloodborne, there, you know, it was like the the, the cleaving uh, uh, weapon yeah. or a sword or whatever. But instead of a shield, there was a gun to use for defense. So that was the way you would mm-hmm. parry or do your 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 rolls. I think the reason I was a little inclined to get this, I was like, oh, like they brought the shield back because uh, my friend let me play on his PS5. I believe it was called Demon Souls, not Dark Souls. Yeah, that's the original one. Demon so like, Souls. yeah, because it was the remaster. So I played a little bit of it. Like I understand parrying and waiting for like you have to get used to the mechanics. You get to see like the frames per second with like you got to get used to it. Naturally, I, I as a gamer, I can do that. But then now it's that you have to have that patience. And I was like, oh, I got to do this. Like with Fallen Order, I played, there was like Easy. I think it was like Padawan, Jedi, Jedi Master, Grandmaster. Mm-hmm. I think I played on like Jedi Knight or whatever. It did take me a while. But then when you get used to it, because it's it's more of a watered down Dark Souls I was, and you got lightsabers, I'm going to have fun with it. And it's a Star yeah. Wars story. I stuck with it. Um, but that one was a little more linear than um, Dark Souls yeah. because it's not like, you know, they want you to play this game. They're not going to make it that hard, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's a lightsaber again. <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> um, you. <laughs> yeah, this isn't like, I don't, the draw for Elden Ring is not the difficulty, right? When you, when a Dark Souls game comes out, the draw is the difficulty. For Fallen Order, it was, the draw is Star Wars. Fight them with lightsabers. So when you come in and you realize, like, oh snap, like it's really like there's a learning curve. Yeah. I I I struggled with that in the beginning because the beginning is it's hard, but it's hard for a reason. Fallen and when order. you see it, it's a yeah, fallen order. Yeah, okay. So when you when you're playing it, you realize like, oh no, I just don't know how to beat this thing, or I don't have the power to beat this thing yet. And then mm-hmm. you steadily make improvements until you're killing everything without a problem so that's what made it approachable and kind of you know after first psych what five hours of gameplay then you're fine but yeah elden ring i think you know it's supposed to be a little more approachable and it it's it's gonna turn heads as it's already been doing and i think it's gonna have a long shelf life i'm sure we'll see like the game of the year edition come out in a year and it'll be more crisp or something so I don't know. It's it seems really really cool, and it's probably something I'm gonna pick up and just to just to see it, just to play it because it also looks beautiful. Yeah, true. Um, and that's another thing. George R. R. Martin was behind it. I was like, look, this. What also the other appeal was just that it's story driven. So I was like, okay, I'm yeah. gonna I'll get on that. Like, there's a real like intricate story at work, and it's like there's story elements. So yeah, it's definitely more approachable to you know main point there um and then last bit of gaming news here which i didn't know i needed yeah until i saw it say it but there is a new pokemon game coming out okay i was gonna like so (laughs) first off pokemon company blew my mind because this is probably the first time ever Mm -hmm. that i missed a pokemon presents so I it I truly flew under the radar for me. I had n- no clue about it. I woke up to the news, and I was like, "Oh snap!" They had a freaking press conference, yeah. and then and you sent that to me. I was like, "Oh, yeah." This and is then my I booth. watched, and then I saw the trailer, and at first I thought it was fake. Mm. So it was like, but then I realized, no, the Pokemon Company released this trailer. So the whole trailer is just like a random like security guard walking through a hallway. 
and he gets to a room full of junk, and then he's like shining a flashlight around, and there's like snippets of Pokemon World. Yeah. And then he shines a light on the OLED, the Switch OLED, and then he shines a light on three new starters. And I was like, get out of here. So it was pretty ridiculous, to say the least. I was losing my mind. And I was like, what? And we just got Arceus, right? Last month. Yeah. And that game, and and my cousin Rob actually kind of described it and called it from the get-go. You know, when he he has it and he's been playing it, uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus. And he was saying, you know, this is a beta for what's going to come next. He was like, they did this thing and they made it and they put it out so that we would get used to what Pokemon's going to be like later on. And I think he hit the nail on the head because it looks like Pokemon Arceus on steroids. It looks amazing. Everything looks so beautiful. The world looks so lived in. I also, something that also led me to believe that it was fake is the names of it is Scarlet and Violet. Yeah, that to me, I didn't think it was fake. I just thought it was poor naming, but that's just personal opinion. So I, I applaud them for going back to the roots and doing yeah. the whole color thing, you know? Yeah. I, you know what? Yeah, I'll take it back. It was off-putting at first, and but I was like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll, I'll run with it. So I have a feeling this is going to be not a reboot or a reset, but this is like the baseline for what new Pokemon games are going to be going forward. So it looks like there's a lot of customization. The world looks extremely lived in. We have this whole like Pokemon are, are literally just all around now. And it's like, 3D too. Like when you sent me that video, I was like, it's yep. 3D. And I even said it to you. And as you said, like I, I haven't played Pokemon through and through since I believe X and Y. Because yeah. after that, it just got repetitive. Um, and then Arceus came out, and I was like, eh. Like, I've, people have told me that it looks like it's just what they're setting it up. You know, yeah. it's just going to yeah. be a, a beta. It's going to be like a, a version one of a new game or whatever. Mm-hmm. I assume updates would come in. When you sent me this video and I watched it, I was like, I might want to get it. I just don't care for the new Pokemon. I just want to start from Kanto. I'm going to say it again. I just want to start from Kanto and then travel to new generations. Give me that. Um, So I I have a feeling. I have a feeling. And this is just, we're going into the Justin verse one more time. So I have a feeling. (laughs) Yeah, we do need sound effects. that. So I have a feeling that we're going to end up getting and I think this goes hand in hand with Arceus and now Scarlet and Violet. I think we're going to get that. I think we are going to get a full Pokemon experience where it might cost a little bit more than what we're used to, but it'll be a game where you travel and maybe you're not doing eight gyms in each thing, but you'll travel from Island to Island or from area to area. And maybe you don't get every single generation because now we're talking about 10 games in one. Yeah. But maybe we do the first three, Kanto, Johto, and then uh, I forgot where Ruby and Sapphire Hoenn. took place. Hoenn, right? So those three. And then you get another one with another three, right? Yeah. And it'll just be a whole new adventure in this style. So this game. Like add, you're uh, saying add-ons too, to it too, right? For the I don't know if it'd be add-ons to a base game, right, where you can buy the next thing, or it'll come out in like a trilogy where they just dissect oh. 
well, you'll have like three games in one. Okay. Obviously, you're not doing all eight Pokemon League, uh, not Pokemon Leagues, all eight gyms in oh, each like, one, I, but there's a story that brings you through each region. You know, mm. this one would be more of a, a story based game rather than a Pokedex completion thing or a gym leader thing. I don't think it would be smart to have that type of game work like the old ones being like, you know, you defeat they eight gym leaders it and do Pokemon yeah. It would have to be a story driven thing where you start in Kanto. And then you work your way to Hoenn, but doing something, you know, you're not going to hit every single place, but it'll take you through the different regions and you'll see different aesthetics, different Pokemon. So there would have to be a story there. It's bringing the open world to Pokemon. But I think that's what they're going towards because this new one seems like a perfect marriage of Arceus and Sword and Shield. Mm Mm-hmm. So Sword and Shield, my biggest problem was that it looked like a Game Boy game. Yes. Great story. That you know they brought a lot of new stuff to it, but the aesthetics were the exact same that they have been for the last two or three generations. So now seeing seeing this new trailer, like I said, very small bits of the game were shown, but it seems like they learned lessons in Arceus and in Sword and Shield, and now they're bringing it to fruition here with this new scarlet and and violet and it it looks fantastic the three starters were super cute they blew my mind there's a leaf kitty an apple dinosaur that's like the fire starter and then there's a duck with a pompadour that to me is just donald duck that's not donald duck that's uh wait there's donald and daffy duck there's donald so donald duck not daffy (laughs) It looks so cool, and they were so cute, and I'm all for it. I want to learn more about it. I want to see more of the in-game world. Um, Same. I want to see more because um, it, it's it's doing its job. It looks like it's getting like the really older – well, not really older, but it's getting the old generation to look at it and be like, okay, this yeah. looks like something new because, like I said, I stopped playing me as a – because I'm a casual gamer, right? That, that would be yeah. considered a casual gamer. Uh, or casual, yeah, whatever. Um, I just didn't care for it. And we're like, hey, you're going to get the new Pokemon game? I was like, I don't really care for it. Um, but this one is like, okay, you got my attention. Now wow yeah. me. Exactly. So definitely big things to come. So I I can't wait to see what, where it's going to go. But I think that'll about do it for this week's episode. Yes, so thank you guys for listening as always. And oh. we will. <laughs> this is Jay and Jay signing off. This is Jay, Justin Ruiz. And this is Jay, Jeremy Francois. We'll catch you on the next one, guys. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode and want more, like and subscribe to us on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to follow the Average Jay's podcast on Instagram and Twitter.